Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black.
something's missing out here. We 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 can't get my Facebook friends. How y'all doing? I'm trying to send a little leap out to you, but I can't uh, for some reason get to y'all. We're gonna we're gonna have to get to you a different way. Ain't no doubt. There's more than one way to uh, to skin a cat, as they say. That's more than one way. We're gonna try that that other way too. We don't know what's going on. You sure don't look right here. Peter Gary, how y'all doing? Hey, we uh we've been out and about uh, this evening trying to oh oh this last uh, my last show. The last show we came to you on the road. Hey, I mean we was on the road down in uh, Savannah, <coughs> Savannah, Georgia. We were showing up on the road, y'all. <laughs> that thing wasn't no joke. <laughs> hey, that thing was no joke, y'all. What's going on here? Working us and out. Um, I want to send out a little reminder that uh, we've got the show airing up. Hopefully it went out automatically because I don't see it up here. This thing here look all together crazy. This thing look all together crazy, y'all. Just look all the way crazy. Sin. To who? Just look all the way crazy. Check my new book out. 
racism and hate in American reality. Um, and looking at racism and its impact on American society. Um, it's a great read. Go to my website, hushmoblack.com. Uh, you can uh, pick up a copy there. Racism and Hate in American Reality. We uh, got an uneasy feeling about uh, what's going on in the country, what's going on in the world. Um, we don't know. Something is amiss. We can't quite put our fingers on it. Something is askew. I don't know what it is, yo. But something is askew. I have no clue what it is. Hey. Well, I don't know what's going on here with my little thing there, but I'm gonna come off and come back on some other other kind of way. Hey, I'm gonna take a quick pause for the call. So you got me the hushmore coming to you live and in living color from uh, the ATL, good old Atlanta, Georgia, where uh, we come from. We're gonna take a quick pause. We'll be right back. Y'all hang in there. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Welcome. Welcome back. I thought this thing would buy me something by coming out of it and getting back into it on a different uh, browser, but wow, it's the same old, same old, y'all. I don't know what's going on here. I'm going to call somebody and they told me, hey, I know that. Come uh, mañana. <laughs> We're we going to make do with uh, what we got. Hey, we're going to make do with what we got here. Somehow I can't send out a message to my uh, my friends, let them know that uh, we're out here broadcasting. I don't know what, what, what uh, that's about. But uh, be that as it may, uh, welcome to the National Black Forum once again, Saturday, September 20th, 2014. We, uh, Catch some so much is going on in the world, y'all. First of all, did anybody see the Falcons? <laughs> hey, hey, uh, <laughs> among other things, this is Falcon uh, Nation out here. Ain't no doubt. This is Falcons Nation. Uh, not a Falcon. We put up over 50 points on somebody. We put up on 50 points on somebody else. That guy didn't get here. That guy didn't get here. No, no. That guy didn't get here. Uh-uh. That, that, that's a ripoff there. Hey, y'all, uh, we, we, <laughs> we, we checking the game out here. That doesn't look like a... Let's look like the uh, the head is doing a real good job of selling this thing. Uh, we don't know what he got. In. <laughs> we don't know what's up with that. It is what he uh, don't want to. He don't want to face us or what? What's going on? Man? Hey, we got to call in y'all. One eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four. If y'all want to get in, uh, chat with the hushman. We all over the place. We're talking about uh, things that affect uh, our community, America's African so That's everybody. That's just about everything uh, from the NFL, uh, uh, domestic violence uh, issues to uh, the stuff that's going on in America, stuff that's going on in Ferguson, Missouri. The border problem. Everything affects uh, our community. Hey, no time. Everything. That uh, minimum wage, unemployment, uh, you name it. You you name it. Everything affects uh, our community. And we try to. uh, Shed light on uh, the effects out here on the high school black board. That's what we do. We That's what we do. to uh, 
I'm done. Everybody needs to step up tonight, you know. And I do mean everybody. The Braves, I'm talking about Atlanta Braves, you know, you know from the Falcons to the Braves. Hey, now remember, I'm a homer.
YouTube and internet for no other reason than to uh, advance uh, your ideology. I think it's one. Uh, the president, president of uh, this republic, as commander in chief, has to uh, respond to that thing. You know, has got to respond to it, Mike. Things will get a lot uglier before it get better, I'm afraid. That's just no other no way it could be. I'm trouble. I don't like that. Road to Damascus. That's a slippery, slippery slope. That road to Damascus. I can tell you that. I can tell you that. About uh, 27 after you, we got to take another quick pause for the calls here. We are going to be right back after uh, this short break and uh, get into the meat of our uh, show this evening. You got me and Hushma driving this train this evening. Y'all hang in there. We'll be right back. Advocated on your behalf. You're listening to the Hushma Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturday, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Welcome back to Welcome back to the National Black Forum. And we've been out and about. Been out and about in the uh, Netherlands, y'all, today trying to uh, dig up dig up facts for uh, for my audience. Ran into a great great uh, piece of uh, American. Uh, History. So it says it's a chronological chronological history of the Negro in America. Wow, that's him. Chronological History of the Negro in America by Peter M. Bergman, Hoffers and Rowe, published it, 1969. A great collection of uh, history on our uh, journey here in New Zealand. United States of America. Eighteen sixteen. Now this thing go back now, y'all go all the way back to uh According to legend, it says Pedro Alonso Nino, one of Columbus's crew on his first voyage to the West, was a Negro. This is 1492. It goes on. 1493. It is the most probable. It is most probable that on Columbus's second voyage, 
Negro slaves were brought to Jamaica and that they took part in a revolt. I imagine that. You know, wow. I don't know. I don't know if Columbus turned that thing around in the years. A year later, he, he got slaves, grabbing up slaves, bringing them back. 1493, Jamaica. He made them slaves a year later, y'all. According to, uh, according to this, this book, this is the chronological history of the Negro in America by Peter M. Bergman. In memory of George Washington William, a great American historian. That's in his memory. He's a black man, by the way. George Washington Williams. Slavery, Reconstruction, Separation, The Darkest Period. Two eighty two says that was the darkest period of reconstruction. Two eighty two. Let's see who they got. Wow. 
thing's going to go, y'all. But right now, it sure don't look good. It sure don't look good, y'all. Speaking of the Braves, uh, there's a long, a long, uh, in-town spat here going on between the Braves and the city of Atlanta. You know, Braves are leaving the city of Atlanta. Come 2017, they, they build a new stadium out in Cobb County, right outside the city. Uh, one of the things that uh, is going on now with that, uh, the stadium that they live uh, play in now, one of the finest in all of baseball, by the way, Turner Field, that uh, the city of Atlanta and the citizens erected uh, for the Olympics uh, here in, na- in 1996, turned it over to the Braves uh, after that. And, uh, just a uh, great, great venue for baseball. We're losing them in 2017 to uh, a new stadium that they're building in Cobb County. In the meantime, we got this bet between the Braves and the city of Atlanta on uh, use of this property. That's reverting back to the city of Atlanta that they are bending down at the the intersection of I-20 and uh, I-75 and 85 in the heart of Atlanta here. They've been there since 1965. The baby's been right around there. The old stadium across the street prior to um, uh, where they are today, which they moved into around uh, uh, 1998, two years after the Olympics. I think we had converted that thing over to uh, a stadium for the Braves, and they've been there ever since. Three beautiful venue, uh, but somehow... They can. Uh, they needed. Wanted uh, the city of Atlanta spent three hundred million dollars to uplift the place like it needed. The place is beautiful already. I've been came to us and said that we want to collaborate on a, a half a billion dollar uh, improvement around the stadium to uplift the community around the stadium. I believe the citizens of Atlanta would have been more uh, apropos to uh, to uh, something like that rather than uh, them uh, demanding $300 million for some upgrade on the stadium itself. We uh, refuse to do what they build. They got money for a new stadium outside. I don't mind. But they sh- I don't mind, y'all. But in the meantime, they want control over the stadium where they're at. They don't want to allow the city of Atlanta to lease that place out while they're not playing to generate revenues for the citizens of Atlanta while we're in limbo until they move. Uh, and we're not gaining any more revenue on this uh, site here. Uh, I'm being said against the Braves. I'm, I'm with the city of Atlanta. America seen read on this one. Yeah. We need for the Braves to uh, allow the citizens of Atlanta, the citizens of Atlanta, to enjoy, to raise revenue off that property that we've uh, uh, that we, the citizens, uh, uh, built on their behalf. Uh, now uh, we want uh, 
we want to get some uh, revenue from it before you leave here in 2017. You want it now. We want access to that property now. Uh, Y'all go to my website, hushmoblack.com, leave me a message, uh, let me know what you think. Facebook uh, friends, how y'all doing out there? Welcome to the National Platform. We're rambling on as always. Uh, we're all over the place. We ran right down about these folks and beating us like we stole something. You know? I don't know what's going on. They beating us like we stole something. The Mets. When I'm talking about the Braves. I'm throwing them under the bus. Ireland or Scotland, yeah. Scotland voted to stay in the United Kingdom, still a member. Ireland is about akin to a small state, four some 5.1 million people. They voted to, uh, they had a secession uh, vote going. Uh, they voted to stay uh, part of the UK. I'm glad. I, I think that was a good move on their part. I go through the toils and struggles of trying to set up a new, another military, a new currency. Mm-hmm. You've been dealing with what you've got for 307 years, and all of a sudden you want to break it up. Doesn't make much sense to me, but I can see where. Uh, where they would want uh, some greater autonomy, just like a state state right here. I was critical that uh, we have here in this country a strong central uh, government, a strong central government uh, look, uh, uh, looking at our history. We have to have a strong central government. Checking the uh, uh, checking the uh, 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 the arrogance of uh, the states. Checking the arrogance of uh, some of the states. We have to have a strong central government. Checking the rights, the Fourteenth Amendment, the Thirteenth, Fourteenth, and Fifteenth Amendment rights, all uh, tribute of uh, the federal government. They uh, expected that uh, right out of the states uh, in that uh, great, great uh, war that we fought, that great, great uh, uh, civil war. Yeah, the federal government extracted uh, uh, that out of uh, the states the right to manage and to ensure that uh, they were uh, uh, to be upheld. But the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, those are federal uh, prerogatives uh, under the uh, auspices of uh, the federal government. Yeah, that 
that protects all the citizens in all the states equally. Yeah, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment protects all of the citizens in all of the states uh, equally. That's the federal government's job. That's the main job.
see if uh, we can't be satisfied with uh, just states' rights. We got a history of states' rights and uh, that outcome. Uh, uh, we got a history. The man, y'all. <clears throat> I mentioned the other uh, man a couple of times out there on the National Black Forum. I just really got through uh, with the last chapter of that thing, just trying to um, finish it up here last week. Uh, quick, great read. Uh, Irvin Wallace spins a spoof about this fictitious character, Douglas Dillman. In 1964, called The Man, a yarn about the first black American president. That's 1964, y'all. Imagine that. Irvin Wallace had the foresight to uh, spin this yarn. About the life and times of the first Americans of African descent who uh, ascended to the uh, presidency of the country. One Mr. Douglas Gilman. Y'all get that book. Get that book now. I don't know. You could have. You could have. You could have really. I, well, first of all, in 1964, I was uh, a young lad of 20, and uh, my second year uh, into uh, the Marine Corps, preparing to go to Vietnam to fight for the, the uh, stars and stripes. Uh, on my way to Vietnam yeah, in the Marine Corps, 1964, I had no idea. I had no, uh, uh, no even faintest thought that uh, I'd ever see in my lifetime a president of uh, Afghanistan. Not American president backwards, and I've never even that thought never even crossed my mind in 1964 as a Marine Corps fighting, dying uh, for the country. I, I never even uh, thought. Yet this guy, Irvin Wallace, wrote this uh, novel called The Man, uh, describing uh, what it would be like. Uh, when we got, when the country got its first <laughs> uh, black president. And sure enough, here come Barack Obama some 50, 60 years later. And sure enough, sure enough, what this guy prophesied about uh, 50 years ago, yeah, 1964, is exactly 
uh, what's happening to uh, one Mr. Barack Obama today uh, in uh, in this country. The headwinds of that guy faced back there in the 60s is the same headwinds that this president is facing today uh, in 2014. Most of those headwinds are driven by uh, racism. Most of them are driven by, and the sternest ones are driven by uh, good old-fashioned American racism, you know. It's amazing how this book parallels uh, with the the real uh, first uh, president of African descent. It's amazing how to blow your mind. Go check it out. The Man, Irvin Wallace, 1964. Oh, they did everything they could. Yeah, tried to impeach him, too. Oh, just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, they they they, they tried to impeach the book. Came down to one vote. Yeah. I ain't gonna tell you no more because I want you to read this thing yourself. But it came down to one vote in the Senate. Uh, one last vote. Uh, a year and nay on this last vote to send this brother uh, into uh, into the history books. To send him into the history books as. Uh, First of all, the second president never been in peace, and the first actually got found guilty. Andrew Johnson back then, in 1868, he was in peace, and they had to put their foot on that for entirely. For that was a justifiable impeachment in my mind, in my humble opinion. Andrew Johnson, that was a justifiable impeachment. Yeah, this guy, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. I ain't gonna get into uh, Andrew Johnson, not tonight. It would uh, it would really uh, it would take way too much time. It would take way too much time now for me to get into Andrew Johnson and that to talk about his uh, to talk about that guy's uh, shenanigans. Hey y'all! Well, right now we're gonna take another break, another pause for the calls here. We'll be right back. You got me to hush, Mo. Y'all hang in there. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Hey, welcome back to Welcome back to the National Black Forum. Just about well, six minutes after eight, y'all. In the ATL. Beautiful weekend here. I uh some somebody that's stuck in Vesmo sometimes snack in the office, y'all. You can't put no food in front of the Vesmo. That's the wrong thing to do. Tip the
Is that enough? I don't know. Around then, I've been following all the sports since then. What was that? Sixty years? 
Hey, I'm just saying, man. You can't, you can't run no hope. You don't better hush, man. Telling me this or that about uh, any other games. I played them all. Everything from Mummy Pig to, uh, to whatever. I played all the games. And it was pretty fairly decent at all of them. I went to, no, no, it was fairly decent at all of them. Everything I played football, baseball, basketball. I said, I could play them all. I could play them all. Hey, no doubt. I could play them all. Hmm? Then rolls up to the table. I could just, uh, <laughs> I, hey, I brought something to the table, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I brought something to the table. Mm hmm. About 16 minutes after he got in the ATL. Got an election coming up, y'all, November. <clears throat> November 6th, here in Georgia. National election. Uh, it's important. It's going to be doubly important that we get out and vote this uh, November. It's going to be so important you know, to get out and vote. No rumors. Um, what, is, what is it now? It's going to be so important you know, to get out and vote here this November. Hmm. We can't uh, sit idly by just because the president's not on that. President's not on the ballot. Uh, still, we have to uh, get out and vote. Oh yeah, we 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 have got to get out and vote, y'all. Yeah. We can't. Uh, no, the president's not gonna be on the ballot. It, it don't matter. It don't matter, y'all. We have got to get out and vote. We have got to get out and vote, y'all. Uh, everybody uh, uh, under the sound of my voice, surely those beyond, <laughs> don't somebody uh, encourage them to get out and vote uh, this November. Uh, it's, 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 I can't I can't begin to uh, uh, tell you how important it is for uh, a Democrat. To uh, maintain control of that Senate, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm a registered Democrat. I look at uh, both sides of the political aisle uh, and uh, making my mind that way. But uh, right now, it's not even close. So, uh, where uh, the Tea Party is and the uh, conservative right has uh, drunk that Republican Party, y'all. We, um, it's uh, scary. That's simply scary, uh, It reminds me of uh, my childhood, <laughs> prior to 1954, under Seth It reminds me of those days, some of the uh, policies that uh, 
some of the states are trying to uh, enact. There's nothing short of scary, y'all. Read my book, Racism and Hate in American Reality, y'all. Dealing with uh, racism and its impact on uh, our society over the last uh, 200 years. Read my book. And uh, hopefully gain some insight uh, into uh, uh, just how devastating uh, um, that racism uh, has been on uh, America's society, America's blackness, and in particular the negative effects that it has had on on that uh, group of, uh, on that class of Americans. The injuries suffered, the uh, uh, economic inequality that exists and how that thing played out under uh, the causes of it, uh, under a separate equal, a 14th Amendment uh, uh, rights uh, violations. How um, this state uh, discriminates against uh, its own citizens <laughs> and never reparated uh, those uh, citizens uh, even after winning uh, after the separate equal laws were set aside in 1954 even after the classes were set aside okay. Plessy wasn't about uh, school integration yet. Plessy was about uh, somebody's 14th Amendment uh, uh, protection being taken away. That's, that was from Plessy's uh, argument. Yeah. You can't uh, remove me from this train. That's, uh, you violated my 14th Amendment protections here, y'all. Y'all don't know that. Supreme Court and uh, that Plessy case in 1896 said, no, we're not violating anything, boy. We have a right to take you out of society altogether. You ain't nothing. And removed a whole class of citizens, American Africans, said, out of uh, white society in 1896. Huh? That's what it did. Uh, it removed me, my family, out of White society without any uh, took away uh, our 14th Amendment uh, protections anyway. for the next 90 years uh, during uh, doing irreparable uh, harm uh, injury, uh, to uh, to my people. Oh yeah, economic harm. Yeah. That's what that economic. That's where the economic inequality uh, comes from. That is. Uh, you know, that huge gap uh, in the economic, uh, 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 the economic uh, inequality, that huge divide comes from uh, the separate equal laws that uh, injured um, me and my people here. Yeah? That's where it comes from. That's, that's the fact, yeah? And uh, no matter how you rig that thing around, uh, the separate, uh, the, economic inequality between black Americans and white Americans 
has a lot to do with uh, the separate equal laws that was imposed on uh, society here after the Civil War uh, taken away uh, the 14th Amendment guarantees of uh, the Constitution here. Uh, it's never reparated for We, Maryland Rackens, had, had every right to petition the court in 1954, for those reparations, Thurgood Marshall and his legal team had fought that battle for some 20 years now. They weren't just getting into that thing. They had been battling. They had been at war. But then the two generations straight you know, <laughs> uh, uh, to set aside uh, the Jim Crow laws that had been codified by Plessinger. You know. They fought that thing for 20 years, uh, one lawsuit after another, one victory after another, uh, until uh, until it uh, until the laws of uh, the separate equal uh, doctrine came tumbling down. Came tumbling down, yeah. Put that there. A Brown Ruby Board of Education decision that brought down the walls of uh, separate equal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was about more than the school integration. That was uh, just uh, a one part of it. No, no, it was about uh, no, all of uh, the separate equal laws codified by Plessy. That thing, uh, um, everything from real estate, uh, job, uh, the workplace, uh, discrimination to the trade unions, to uh, the public uh, discriminations and this and that, and, you know, throughout the society, we were injured uh, by uh, the state stripping away of the 14th Amendment protections guaranteed under that uh, 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 Constitution. Yeah. That's what we fought. To, that's what the war was fought for to get those uh, 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments into uh, that Constitution. Uh, yeah, that's what that thing was about. That's what it was about. We do all the uh, all this other craziness in the world. That's 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment made all American citizens equal, pure, free, and equal citizens of this the country. Yeah. Now had. Uh, the people of this country adhere to those uh, to those amendments in the Constitution. We wouldn't be talking about this economic inequality uh, that exists today. Now, at least as it uh, 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 pertains to uh, the different uh, uh, races, we wouldn't be talking about this. Now. That would be a non-issue. Hey. Uh, they protected my 14th Amendment rights. We wouldn't be talking, we wouldn't be here today. Uh, we wouldn't be here today, y'all, talking about some economic development. They They can see the forest for the trees. They want to keep their uh, slaves uh, in place. 
They want to keep their slaves in place. Because one of them helped, and they want to keep slave labor as cheap as uh, they could get. They want to keep my labor, my ancestors' labor, as cheap. As they can do it. Yeah. We are. We can't have a We can't uh we can't allow Uh, we can't allow for uh, the economic uh, uh, inequality conversation today to go uh, unchecked without uh, pointing out uh, and uh, joining in uh, the conversation. Uh, our uh, Input on we have to provide our input on this discussion. And, uh, that's what it is that, uh, uh, that we have heard. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this whole thing and what uh, how this thing came about and some of the remedies for us. Uh, our remedy for uh, the economic inequality that exists today is a reparation for America of Africa. For that class of Americans, especially those born prior to 1960, uh, 1954, those Americans born prior to 1954 uh, was directly injured by uh, the separate equal laws that uh, was codified in the national law by passing. Yeah, when every that's, that's throughout the country now, that's throughout the, the South. Any Americans of African descent living anywhere in this country prior to 1954 was injured by the separate equal laws. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we make the argument on behalf of those folks, uh, contending that uh, uh, we only need to uh, petition uh, the Justice Department, first of all, today and have. This Justice Department to look into uh, uh, petitioning that court for uh, those reparations on behalf of those Americans, that class of Americans who was injured uh, by those uh, state laws, by those the federal uh, 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 laws uh, that was around in 1954. We need to petition this. Uh, uh, Justice Department to uh, petition the court for those reparations. No statute of limitation. Oh, God, that was genocide. What happened uh, the hundred so years after the Civil War? When it comes to American African descent, he was hung, uh, blown up, uh, uh, murdered, and all kind of crazy different other injustices that occurred to us that amounted to uh, genocide. And we uh, contend that there's no, uh, there can be no uh, statute of limitations on on genocide. 
So we have every right and still have standing. Uh, uh, still have standings to uh, ask for a reparation on behalf of uh, those Americans of African descent uh, born prior to 1954, which includes myself, little old me. I was born here in Georgia in 1945, y'all. <laughs> Without 14th Amendment protections. Absolutely. I was injured. Oh, yeah, I was injured. That Brown decision in 1954 stated that the separate equal laws that was in place uh, was inherently unequal. Was inherently unequal and uh, must be set aside. Now, there's those who fret for some reason over how are we to somehow place a dollar figure on what's owed. Ain't no problem now. How to place a dollar figure on what's owed today. That ain't no problem now. That's the least of, of my word. I already got a figure. I already figured it out now. I already figured that uh, dollar figure out now to be about $10 million per American activist and born prior to 1954. That's generous, yeah. $10 million per. Those folks who were. Hey, now. That's generous, yeah. Oh, I got a whole big old formula uh, that I work out in my book. Read my book, Racism and Hate in American Reality. I got the formula in there. That uh, traces all the way back to uh, 1860. I don't get into uh, too much of uh, seeking reparation prior to slavery. I don't deal with it. I only use 1860 as a point of reference for establishing how much value that uh, each uh, slave had here in this state of Georgia in 1860. I started uh, my uh, calculations from that point. I found that in my research that in 1860, uh, the 500,000 slaves here in Georgia uh, uh, was worth some like $315 million to uh, the state of Georgia, taxable to the state of Georgia. I used that as, as a starting point for the value of uh, each slave. It works out, by the way, to something like $615 per slave per year in taxes. Now, that's in addition to, that's on top of the value of the slave to uh, its uh, master, if you will. They, <laughs> they claim the value uh, for each slave that they had in their uh, in their state or their uh, or whatever you call it. They place the value of it, but I'm just I just use the the value that the state that the state of Georgia placed on each one of those slaves, the kind of money they was bringing in. I just use the six hundred fifteen dollars per per year. And I kinda uh, I kinda <laughs> um uh, 
extrapolated that thing up over uh, some 90 years to 1954 dollars and to 1924 uh, dollars now. So around, I came up with about $10 million per person today, which is cheap. The United States government should, without uh, delay, uh, pay reparations to those folks uh, post-haste uh, to satisfy that debt. Everybody's going to benefit from it. Uh, the economy for rule. The economy for rule. Uh, they're injured uh, for two. Uh, society as a whole for three uh, is going to benefit. So every, everybody, this is a win-win solution here. You know? This is a win-win uh, uh, resolution to a, a 200-year-old problem here. You know? This is a win-win situation for a 200-year-old problem. You know? This reparation that I'm talking about. That is owed. Uh, that debt that is owed to uh, the citizens of uh, this country. Yeah, we, uh, don't read my book, Racism and Hate in America, Reality, to get uh, uh, better insight into where it, uh, what I'm talking about here. It lays it out. Reparation, I'm a big opponent of reparation for Americans back in the city for the injuries suffered after the Civil War. After slavery had, had ended, I, I don't uh, uh, I don't seek reparation for um, the years in which uh, my ancestors were enslaved in this country. I, I, I seek reparation for uh, the years after uh, slavery, after uh, 1865 until uh, until now. So about 18, uh, 1954 is when uh, it legally, uh, the 14th Amendment violations legally uh, ended. But the, but, uh, the country has never uh, reparated uh, the injured. They never reparated the injured, leaving this huge uh, economic inequality. This economic inequality uh, divide that we have for today because country didn't do the right thing. And we as a people, we bear some responsibility. Sure. We didn't demand that uh, Thurgood Marshall and his legal team petitioned that court back in 1954 for uh, financial reparations on behalf of uh, America's African Senate at that time. We, uh, we, there's a lot of reasons why, including uh, uh, pressure being put on uh, the legal team of Thurgood Marshall, uh, threatening, uh, putting pressure on him, uh, threatening some uh, racial unrest in the South if he were to do that. Petition the court for financial reparation. Now imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. Uh, somebody talking about racial terrorism. That's what it amounted to, you know. Somebody threatened, uh, threatening racial terrorism. If uh, injured folks seek justice uh, for their injuries, if injured folks seek justice for those injuries, uh, somehow 
that would bring on this racial unrest. It don't make sense to me. But that uh, that was one of the uh, reasons that uh, uh, cropped up. Another one, black folks was not really sophisticated enough in masses to step forward and demand our financial reparations that thing. We have been injured in the workplace, yeah. up and down the workplace, seriously injured in the workplace. From the trade unions to the assembly line, we have been discriminated against just because of uh, the color of our skin. Just because of the color of our skin, uh, we have been discriminated against uh, in the workplace, causing a great deal of economic uh, damage to uh, our community. Yeah, we are over for that. That's that's state, you know. That's that's state oppression is what it is. We, you know, if we, we get uh, mixed up and caught up in all the the hype. But uh yeah, this state uh, that uh, oppressed millions of uh, its own citizens, yeah. The state government, state of uh, state of Georgia and the federal government. I seek reparation from uh, each, from each other. Yeah. It's about 19 till, y'all. Nineteen till uh, nine o'clock in the ATL. We can't. Uh, we still can't get a big hit to raise us in. We can't get a big hit to get a run in uh, to save our life. It's three to nothing in the bottom of the fifth. Got a man on second. We don't have people on base all night. Ain't scratched a run across. Ain't pushed nothing across yet. That don't make sense. The manager is nervous. He got a right to be nervous. He might not have a job next year. Tony Gonzalez might not. Uh, Freddie Gonzalez might not have a job next year. The manager of the Braves. I'm talking about what I know. Get down, ball. Then get down. We can't buy a break. Hey y'all. There's <laughs> a Hushmo uh, uh, doing uh, this play by play. We're gonna take another break right now. Another pause for the calls here, y'all. We'll be right back to white. Got to wrap this thing up, y'all. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Hey, welcome back, y'all. Welcome back to the Hashmo Black Forum. It's about, wow, it's about 12 minutes still. Nine o'clock, y'all. We just about got this thing. We just about got this thing. Locked up, you know. Congress 
specifically and generally accused the South of abrogating the rights of Negroes. A a Senate committee was appointed to investigate the Southern elections. It found fraud, murder, and intimidation in South Carolina, Louisiana, and Mississippi. The committee found that in Louisiana alone, 40 political murders had been committed. The committee called for a renewal of federal protection for Negroes. Two pension bills introduced by B.K. Bruce were passed by the Senate. Bruce reported a bill for the improvement of the Mississippi River and the development of the channel and levee system. The Senate passed the bill, but the session ended before the House had considered it. He also presented petitions on prohibition and the refund of the cotton tax and spoke for integration in the Army, but with no result. William Stanley Braithwaite, Braithwaite was born in Boston, Mass., and it is considered the most cosmopolitan Negro library literary figure until Johnson. Brightweight was greatly influenced by English poets such as Swinburne and Ernest Dolson. Lyrics of Life and Love in 1904 were Brightweight's first collection that provided a striking contrast to the dialect poetry of the Negro poets in 1908. His House of Falling Leaves, a second volume of poetry, elaborates his mystical aestheticism, aestheticism intended for obscurationism, obscuritism. He was one of the first critics to hail James Weldon Johnson's early work as the first real Negro poetry. Brightweight never wrote a poem or an essay which was lead to the lead. He was Negro. He also wrote prose. Our essayists and critics of today critiques of prominent U.S. and British essayists and literary critics. Story of the Great War, a popular history of World War One. 1959, Bewitched, is a biographical study of the Bronte family. Butler's greatest achievement is as an anthologist of verse, an annual series from 1913 to 1929 called Anthology of Magazine Verse. All the forms were cut from popular in little magazines of the state, and he included many regular masters from river poems. Marcel Lindsay's Chance and much of Sandberg's two very long they were published in book four. 
This is just a great, great collection, y'all, of uh, our history documented uh, by uh, one Mr. Peter M. Bergman, Chronicle, the Chronological History of the Negro in America. In memoriam of George Washington Williams, a great American historian. Let's see. www.blogtalkradio.com